Welcome to the Anxiety at Work podcast. I'm Chester Elton, and this is my dear friend and co-author, Adrian Gostick. We hope that the time you spend with us is going to help remove the stigma of anxiety and mental health in the workplace and your personal life. We invite experts from the world of work and life to give us ideas and most importantly, tools to deal with anxiety in our world. And we want to give a special shout out to our sponsor, Life Guides. Uh, Life Guides offers a community of trained and certified guides who provide guidance in more than 400 topics of personal growth, like lifelong learning and life challenges. And they provide employees with an experienced and empathetic support. Actually, a life guide across this broad range of everyday life events. You know, employees lead happier and more productive lives at home and at work when they've got a life guide. LifeGuide's mission is to grow a community for sharing life experience, wisdom, and empathy with a goal to impact 1.5, oh no, I'm sorry, 1.5, nope, I'm going to go to one, one billion lives over the next 15 <laughs> years. I knew I would get Maybe it right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, LifeGuide's is modernizing human support and human connection, which is foundational to well-being. You get two months free access for just listening to our podcast today. All you do in the checkout, put in 2422 and you get those free two months. We love the folks at Life Guides. Our guest today is our dear friend, Melissa Salibi. She's the Chief Human Resource Officer and member of the Management Board of Kempinski Hotels. If you've ever stayed at a Kempinski Hotel, you know it is a top quality. We love those hotels. Kempinski is headquartered in Switzerland and employs 19,000 people around the world in 80 luxury hotels. Melissa is located in the United Arab Emirates and has a rich background delivering results through process enhancement, best practices, and building high-performance teams. Her greatest passion is in helping develop people and teams and is skilled at coaching and influencing behaviors at all levels to improve performance and business outcomes. We always have a great time when we talk to Melissa. She is beyond delightful. She is, is as delightful as she is intelligent. I think that's about I'll say it. Welcome to the podcast, Melissa. Thank you so much. Wow, all those compliments. <laughs> Thank you for having me. No, it's really an honor. Well, we are delighted. And so we want to get to know you first. Tell us a little bit about your background, what it is that motivates you to lead the HR group in this, in this global luxury hotel brand. Thanks, Adrian. So I grew up in South Africa. I'm originally from there, moved to Dubai in 2001 and have been there ever since. I've been here now 21 years. Um, I've always loved people just to see them grow. Um, I was interested in studying psychology. Never did at the time when I was 19. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So studied psychology later on in my career. Um, which was really great to be able to balance that with you know also having children um, because of psychology i also realized that you know that link between hr um, is very significant um, and ended up in hr purely because of that people side of of the business um, worked myself up uh, in Dubai mainly, this is where I really uh, started establishing my career, was very lucky, worked with great companies, learned many things. Um, and also just the fact that I saw so many leaders develop around me, um, I was really privileged to be part of that. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, um, I love that, you know, people that go into HR seem to come from a myriad of different backgrounds. 
you know, um, I, people do study HR to get into HR. I, I really do like the fact that you come from this psychology uh, background and, and people interest. You know, I want to talk to you a little bit, though, about this idea about well-being, you know, at the macro level and what you're seeing out there about employee wellness. You know, both the good and, and the bad. Our, our recent book, Anxiety at Work, obviously the title of this podcast, we're, we're just seeing it spike all over the place. And uh, what have you seen that leaders are trying to do to improve that conversation over the last two years? And do you think this is just a moment in time or do you think this will be a long lasting trend around employees and, and mental health? Very loaded question. Yeah, sorry about and, that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's, that's great. And I think, you know, the thing, the great thing, and I think we, you know, have heard this with COVID, it brought so many well-being aspects, mental health to light. Things that we knew before and we were somehow doing, but COVID pushed it so much to the forefront that we had to deal with it. It was like, wake up. Um, Almost a bit too late, I want to say, in many, you know, for many organizations. So for me at a macro level, I think, you know, leaders had to just adjust super quickly. And I think, you know, if I look at our organization, I'm very proud of our leaders because, you know, through COVID, through, you know, tough times, and hospitality is one of those organizations that never sleeps 24-7, you know, guest facing, always have to be positive, a smile, look amazing. (laughs) And, you know, that's a lot of pressure already, let alone now you have COVID, you are guest facing therefore so much more exposed to that pandemic at the time and even before COVID we had anxiety we had stress we had you know that work-life balance always pushing us saying you know we need to address this but it's like we never really did that properly Um, of course we focused on engagement you know asking feedback which I think is a very important thing you know one of the things we did um, in Kempinski is we really pushed to continue asking for feedback we did our engagement survey and I remember at the time leadership was why are you doing this we're going to get terrible results and we got the best results since the launch of the survey and that showed our leaders actually that Asking for feedback is a good thing, even if the results might be bad, right? And I think this is where it's all about courageous leadership. So I'm, I was so proud of our leaders because this just showed, this is not me impacting the employee on the ground. I mean, on a corporate level, I see them, of course, when I visit the hotels, but it's that leadership on the ground close to the people asking them, what can we do better? And we, you know, I think we also look, we used the survey and we adjusted it to a point where we asked, do you feel you are being taken care of? Do you feel safe in your workplace? Which was that direct link during COVID as well. Was our employees being treated uh, in the same way we would treat our guests, coming to a hotel, feeling safe? You know, are we supporting them at the same time? So I think that was for me groundbreaking to see the way our leaders simply adapted when faced in that challenge, you just had to do it. There was just no way out. It was you and the situation that you had to deal with. And I think that happens anyway in any organization. Mine is a pandemic. We have to deal with it. But I think this really helped us to address it and make it part of our daily life, asking for feedback, you know, talking about how are you, but not just how are you and walk by, but actually wanting to know how our people were doing. 
than actually listening. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Um, so I'm going to give you, okay, n- enough softball questions from Chester. <laughs> now a tough question. Yeah. So, hey, we're recording this in March. It's, it's Women's History Month. So help us understand a little bit some of the challenges women are facing, maybe in hospitality or in, in the corporate world overall, that are causing anxiety. And then more importantly, what we can do as leaders, whether we're managing uh, men, women, etc. How do we bring anxiety levels down for everyone? Right. And I think that's so important, Adrian, for everyone. You know, and I hate to distinguish between you're a woman, therefore you will get special treatment. Um, I'm, you know, my approach to HR is very fair. And I think this is the way we need to lead when it comes to, you know, it's Women's Month. And it's funny because I had a conversation with someone and they're like, I don't believe in this. And it was a lady. And she was saying, you know, why? We should actually, there's no more glass ceiling. We need to go out there and own it. We need to take accountability. We need to work hard. But yes, the, the other side of the coin is that unfortunately we are still facing a lot of pushback um, to be heard, to be listened to, to be taken seriously. So I think that, I mean, if I look at my own career um, coming to the Middle East in the early 2000s, um, I remember my first briefing in, a lead, in an environment where I was the only female around the table I was, I was when I had a comment and I wanted to contribute to the conversation, they were like, but we didn't ask you, why, why are you speaking? <laughs> and I was like, what? Coming from South Africa, you know, we're very independent. Right. And um, I was like, this is, not, this is not real. And my husband is from Syria, but I've been very lucky because he's been really supporting my career. So I didn't, it was not just a cultural thing because my husband is from that culture, but it was just, I think, naive leadership the fact that why does it have to be a male female thing it is a leader thing it is a how are we putting ourselves out there i think credibility is a very important thing and i learned that from a young leader age is that people start to take you seriously when you start to show credibility i'm hr i know my numbers you know i can sit in a finance meeting you know, I, I know what the business is about. So I do think it's a bit of a 50-50%. What are we doing as females to get ourselves out there? And what is our organizations doing? And I think culture is a very important thing. I started really developing as a female leader when I started to work in companies that really embraced that. And it wasn't a question of are you male or female? It was a question of what type of leader are you? And how are you going to change or raise the bar in your in your department specifically? You know, and I think you said something really important there is know your numbers. You know, that credibility. Just don't show up. You know, and, and I, I laughed because, that, you know, we do a lot of work in hospitality, whether it's restaurants and so on. And you're right. You always look good. You always got a smile. You're always upbeat. That's not enough to show up dressed well and with a smile. You know, know your numbers. That's the, that's the credibility piece, right? Well, speaking of, you know, the forward looking, uh, you know, it's not a male or female thing. It's a leadership thing. Uh, where do you think uh, the discussion is going next around wellness and anxiety? Where, where do companies need to be looking in the future to make sure this isn't just a moment in time, that this is something that becomes part of how we take care of our employees? What do you see in the future? I see an organizations all over the world that this is not a topic, it's part of the culture. 
And it isn't like distinguished between we need to take care of well-being. It's simply in our DNA as a company. Um, and that's something we do really a lot in Kempinski because we, you know, if you, if you look at our website, our career website, it's all about people. We tell our employees stories, how they are in this hotel for the past 25 years. Why? Why do they take pride? We have a painter in the Munich property, which is a stunning hotel. He's so proud because he's restoring the paintings that has been there for over 50 years in this, in this beautiful hotel. But it's that pride, it's that ownership, it's that you know, empowerment that we give our employees. So I think it's really part of the culture. I think it's really something that um, is just simply there. I don't like to overcomplicate things. And I think sometimes, you know, I get looked at and go, but guys, it's really simple. Let's just listen to our people. What do they need? And let's try and get them there. And of course, it's about listening to understand because we can listen, but we can't, we don't hear, right? And I think it's also just then acting on that feedback at the same time. And it's simple. It's a simple formula. It's really not hard. And people tell us and people are becoming more outspoken to say, I'm not okay with this. I need better. And I think it's if we encourage that honesty, that straightforwardness, which is actually one of our DNA values, is straightforwardness. And it doesn't, it doesn't say that, okay, I'm going to be, you know, Chester, I don't like your orange shirt today. <laughs> it's, I love your shirt. However, for hospitality, that's a bit bright. <laughs> but just a side joke, but I love your shirt. Yeah, no, listen, um, Adrian says it to me all the time. <laughs> not a problem. Yeah, I'm not, not hiring you at my hotel, though. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to work the front desk in my hotel, Jeff. I'm just telling you right now. You can come to HR. We always have place for everyone. Um, but I love but I what you're saying, really, though, is yeah. HR complicates a lot of things sometimes. We have this tendency. I love what you're saying. Simplify it. Yes. It's really basic. Just they t- ask them, they'll tell you, and then act on it. And I think, you know, it's that honest communication like a family you sit your family down you tell them this is how it's going to be this is what I can do this is what I can't do and more more times than others they actually want that even if it's bad news it's just that I really actually don't know what the future is going to bring but we are in this together it changes it just turns the situation around because it makes them more open to say okay this is you're showing some humility some I don't know all the answers, but I can promise you we are going to support each other and we're going to get through it together. I love that idea where you're going. I want you to tell us a little bit more about what you're doing at Kempinski. Is uh, you know, it's it's hard to create a wonderful brand if you, especially a luxury brand, if you are being mean to your people. Obviously, <laughs> you you don't. So so how do you fulfill that promise? What are some of the things you're doing regarding well-being? You you talked about listening. What what are some of the other specific things that people can take away and say, "Ooh, I want to try that too." You know we. I wish I can say we do enough. I think we can always do more. Um, We had to pause a lot of our programs because of COVID, like talent. You know, we closed a lot of hotels at at some point. We had to put a lot of people on short time work um, or, you know, they call it Kutzarbeit in in Europe, in Germany. And so we paused a lot of the important things. For example, development, a career path. You know, this is what we're going to do for you. So as a company, you know, first of all, our motto is it's all about people. I mean, without them, without those beautiful faces in the lobby, you know, in the restaurant, 
we don't have a business. So it, it, it's really putting them at the center of what we do, you know, really giving them a career path. You know, this is Kempinski, and I see that very much now with the new generations. They want to know where they're going to be in a year, not anymore five years from now. I mean, my interview questions are not, oh, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm like, where do you see yourself in the next year? And how are we going to help you get there? Um, so I think it's also that accountability factor. We're all about empowerment, accountability. Also take ownership of your career. We can offer many opportunities. We can you know, show you a way. However, if the person you know, doesn't come to the party, then it's very hard to, to turn that situation around, right? So, so definitely feedback, a career path, you know, just um, not, not discipline, but just giving that whole performance cycle needs to take place. You know, we give feedback on a yearly basis, but also mid-year to have a check-in point. And I also encourage our leadership not to wait for that engagement survey, but to have one-to-ones often, you know, and this is built in our DNA, celebrating occasions, you know, long service awards. We make a pretty big deal because we are an old, the oldest actually European luxury hotel company. We really make a big fuss out of those people who have completed 25 years, 30 years with the organization, you know, celebrate them. Um, We like to celebrate events. You know, we have this great global engagement calendar and this came from a hotel in Egypt. They said to me, we really want to celebrate worldwide an activity. And we have, for example, this month, we have Appreciation Month. And everywhere in the world, in all of our Kempinski hotels, we celebrate appreciation. They can do it in any way or form they want, as long as the end game is we appreciate you and this is why. Um, And we have a few of those events. Actually, this year, last year, the year before, we put a focus on well-being and how you know providing tools to our employees to really help them you know ask for help if you need to talk to your leader you know if you can't talk to your leader this is what we can do for you so really just bringing in programs um our ceo is all about communicating to our employees so he has once a month a call he shares the good news he shares the bad news and employees are allowed to give feedback or ask questions. So that direct approach, we're not an organization, oh, Miss Salibi, welcome to, you know, Kempinski Mall of the Emirates. No, we, Melissa, how are you? We're very approachable, you know, we're very in touch with our people. Um, And I think that's the benefit of a small organization because you can have that outreach very easily. And that family environment, I would say, would be the last thing we do, is really treating everyone like a family member. You know, it, it, is, it is interesting, too, when you talk about it's a family. It does bring a different emotion to the conversation. You mentioned something earlier that I thought was really interesting. I don't talk to people about their five-year plans anymore. You know, it's, it's this one-year plan. Because, you know, you're, you're trying to understand well-being and wellness and anxiety in countries all around the world. You know, you're dealing with uh, multi-generation uh, you studied in South Africa. You work in the Middle East. Your husband's from Syria. You're headquartered in, in Europe. I mean, it's about as diverse as, as, as you can get, right? And, uh, and, and the generational differences and the gender differences and the different traditions and what's appropriate and who speaks up and, and, and who doesn't. It's really interesting. So what are you seeing and, and how are you helping your leaders 
to understand those cultural differences, the generational differences, the age differences when it comes to well-being, because somebody just hearing me ask this question is going to go, well, that's impossible to, to you know, look at all those facets. And yet you have to in your business. So what are some of the things that you're right. doing to help your leaders deal with so much ambiguity and so much diversity? So I like a challenge. So when you say it's, people will say it's impossible, <laughs> I'm going to prove otherwise. But um, I think it's really the benefit of working in a global brand is that we can transfer people all, all around the world. And when I moved to Dubai, it changed my life, literally. I mean, I remember first time coming, I, I've never seen people from India and Sri Lanka. I knew these countries existed but I didn't realize, I did not have to deal all with, uh, uh, or I didn't know about all the religions in the world. But in Dubai, we had that opportunity to meet all types of people. And it changed who I was as a person. So I always encourage people to travel, to really understand the culture. You know, the good thing we do in our company is, you know, wherever we build a hotel, we really have an element of that culture. So if you go to Jordan, for example, you will really see that local element there, but still with a European flair, because that's who we are. And we encourage that with our leaders. Move around, get to know your people, and get to know your people. Where are they from? What are, they, what are their beliefs? And I think the great thing about a hotel is it can be so multicultural. So our leaders are really encouraged to have those personal relationships, you know, and really travel around. We're all about task force support. So when we open a hotel, we send Kempinski talent to go and open that hotel, inject some of that Kempinski DNA. But at the same time, it's very enriching to that leader that travels because they see a new country, they learn about that culture. So this really gives them a bit of a holistic approach. Um, definitely to, to cultures and well-being and understanding that. And I think it's a very important point, Chester, because it's a very cultural thing as well, you know, because I just, I mean, growing up, anxiety was something you just had to deal with. <laughs> and now it's pushed to the forefront and we have to address it. So I think it's really just having that, share that understanding that we know where they're coming from and we are here for them. And, you know, that they, they are anxious, they can go and speak to their leader. And having that open relationship, I would say. Love that. Uh, this has been such a great conversation, Melissa. I'm, I'm, I'm taking, co taking copious notes here. <laughs> hey, we want to talk about you for just a moment. So we're always interested in, you're, you're extremely busy. You're, you're dealing with a headquarters that is many hours uh, distant from, from your time zone. So that's got to mess up you, your rituals. So how do you take care of yourself? Uh, talk about your daily rituals to maintain your mental health as a busy executive. Wow, <laughs> I should do more. <laughs> so I, you know, I think this one important thing is, is, is faith. So that's something I'm really, I'm a strong believer and that really helps, it grounds me. You know, so that's a start and a base. Um, I do some kickboxing because we all have that face in our mind. <laughs> and it's really helped me to relieve stress because it's just... It's painful, of course, because the next day you're like, oh, my back, and oh, this is, you know, but it, it just relieves that stress. Like, you know, my trainer sometimes like, you're very angry. Today. <laughs> no, not at all. 
I didn't see those two going together. Faith and kickboxing. And yeah. kickboxing. You know, it's so funny, Melissa. Balance. It's all about balance. Adrian. I love yeah. it. I love yeah. it. So Adrian and I both grew up in Canada, you know, so hockey, you know, ice hockey, as they say in the rest of the world, is very important. He said, you know, it's so funny. I explained to my friends, they go, oh, Canadians are so friendly. I said, yes, and even in Canada, though, every now and again, you meet somebody that needs a punch in the face. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> With a chair. <laughs> that's that's worldwide wrestling. Can, um, <laughs> and how can people learn more about, about you, Melissa, too? How can yeah. how can they learn more about you and, and, and Kempinski? So I mean we have we're on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. I, I love connecting with people, you know, from all around the world. So I'm very reachable on my LinkedIn, of course. Um, and yeah, we, we are in the media, we're signing lots of deals, so it's exciting times for our company. Um, and we do like to f- put our employees in the forefront. So you'll see a lot of posts about, you know, what we do for our people um, and, you know, in, in the hotels, career opportunities and so forth. Excellent. Hey, um, if you wanted two things, two things that pe- you wanted people to remember from this conversation, what might they be? We've talked about a lot. So what are your top two? Take up kip- kickboxing. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think let's just keep it simple. Take, we take care of our people. You know, do not overcomplicate things. There are great systems out there. It supports us. But, you know, I'm such, a, I'm such a believer in that human interaction. So I think the second thing would be keep the human in human resources. And, you know, just be there for our people. Simple, direct. You know, isn't it interesting? It all comes down to execution, doesn't it? That discipline, discipline that part of your culture. Let's take care of our people. Hey, this has been beyond delightful. Um, I love that South African accent. It reminds me of all those rugby teams that we played that uh, beat us badly. You know, uh, South African rugby is a lot better than Canadian rugby. I, uh, I don't need to tell you that. And, and for sharing your wisdom with us and, and your joy uh, all around HR and taking care of people and making sure that there are safe places to work. We can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was such a great opportunity. Well, Chess, again, another really insightful guest. Uh, guest, um, Really fascinating. A practitioner, HR, 19,000 employees around the world, and says it comes down to, to the human element, right? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's really too bad that this is a podcast and you, and you couldn't see Melissa. I mean, just the, the joy of her work and her commitment to taking care of her people. It just comes through the, through the lens. She, she couldn't be more charming and, and more engaged. I do love, though, that she also has those moments where she says, hey, you know, the way I take care of myself is clearly my faith helps me a lot and kickboxing. There's just those and moments. Kicking, and kicking something really, really hard. Yeah. <laughs> So hard that her back hurts the next day. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I think that those releases and I know we're jumping ahead to her personal practices. Those those things really do help when you've got those releases. You've got a place where you can say, "Okay, I'm just going to let it out today to bring down my own anxiety, take care of my own mental health. What were a couple of your big takeaways? Well, let's start with this. I love the idea of courageous leadership because how many times have we heard this? Oh, my gosh. If we had a a nickel for every time where leaders say, well, things are going bad right now. Let's not do the survey. Let's not listen to what people have to say because we know it's going to be bad. And what does she say? Well, that's when you listen. Exactly. Um, You know, do you feel safe? Do you not feel taken care of? Because how do you fix something if you're not listening to understand? I thought that was great. 
And, and I like the way she celebrates those milestones. I'm really proud of my management team. We made that pivot. They did lead with courage. They did ask those questions and, and their engagement scores are really high. You know, there's a direct correlation, people having their voices heard. Um, I love when she said, uh, keep it simple. Just listen, there's not, it's not, there's not a lot of complexity here. And, and you even pointed out, sometimes HR can make things kind of complicated. You know, say, look, it's uh, take care of your people. <laughs> it's that simple. Take care of your people. How are you doing? How can I help? And if you can execute on that, you're going to develop a great culture. And I thought a good roadmap too. what she said, look, this is what we're doing. First off, we're helping people with their career paths, but not where do you want to be in five years. She says that is so 1990. She says exactly. it's where do you want to be a year from now? And how can I help you get there? You know, am I going to come to a place like that? Yeah. You know, that sounds great. Are we giving feedback? Are we being honest? Do we, are we living the performance cycle? You know, those six month, every six month check-ins actually are important as long as we're, as she says, doing one-on-ones as well. And finally, are we celebrating as a team and not just performance things, but also in a hotel, there are so many people behind the scenes that don't do the big flashy stuff that need to be recognized. How do you recognize them? The, it's their service awards. It's their, it's, it's those simple things that somebody is dependable, Right. Yeah, celebrate that 20 years, that 25 years. And you know, in hospitality, that continuity is so important. I, I, I thought it was a great comment and, and even somewhat of a metaphor where she said, you know, we're in hospitality. It's 24-7. We always have to look our best. You know, you go into the Kempinski hotels and they are, they've got the wonderful uniforms. It's a luxury brand and everybody looks fabulous. You've got to get past that. So even though you may not be a luxury brand, you have that facade that everything's going great. There's never a problem. Get past the how are you doing? I'm doing fine. And really dig in. What's going on with your people? And keep yeah. it simple. How can I help? Put the human. Or I just keep want to mention that you did actually, you, you actually showered today. And I appreciate that. Yes, because <laughs> yesterday, not so much, right? So I appreciate you looking good today. Thank you. We had a water flow issue, and I appreciate you sharing that with all of our listeners. Adrian. Well, you know, um, we, we really do value your time, that you've taken the time to listen yeah. to our podcast. And we want to thank all the people that make it possible. We've got an amazing producer in Brent Klein that uh, takes out all our foibles and makes us sound uh, much smarter than we actually are. So thank you, Brent. And to Christy Lawrence, who keeps finding us these amazing guests. And, of course, to all of you who listen in. If you like the podcast, please share it, download it, uh, listen to it as you walk around. Uh, we'd also love you to join our online community at wethrivetogether.global, where we're creating a safe place to talk about anxiety and mental health and well-being and resilience at work. And of course, pick up a copy of our book, Anxiety at Work from Harper Business. Yeah. And, and another shout out to our wonderful uh, sponsor, Life Guides. They really do provide that guide through life that we all need for all kinds of issues, whether it's mental health, whether it's finances, whether it's career development and on and on. And of course, for just listening to our podcast, when you check out, you get two months of free access for you and your team by simply putting in the code 2422. So check them out at lifeguides.com. Well, Adrian, always a pleasure to spend time with you, my friend. You know, we, we learn so much from these brilliant people that come oh in. Oh my gosh, uh, we do. I, I love that we do this podcast. If for nothing else, then it's yeah. my personal development program, right? 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> Only 12 of you may be listening, but uh, it's actually more than that, but, uh, by, by several multiples. But uh, we, are th- we are thrilled just to learn from these amazing people who come in, and it, it's it, expanding my leadership capabilities as well. So, yeah, again, thanks, everybody, for joining us today, and we wish you the best of mental health. With any kind of luck, we'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you.